Welcome to Verse King Talk. My name is Samuel. And I'm JP. And we are back once again with another episode. And this time we are up in 1957. Um, man, we are almost 10 years in now. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I'll kind of kick back with my my fun fact of the year. Uh, so for 1957, um, those... Uh, so if anyone's familiar with me, I don't know if I'd mentioned this before, but I am from Michigan. Um, so I had to pick a Michigan fact for this. Uh, but the Mackinac Bridge, uh, which is the world's longest suspension bridge between two... Anchorages, meaning two uh, land masses, opens uh, at this time in the United States that connects Michigan's two peninsulas. I do believe at the current moment, now that was in 1957, I was actually watching a documentary earlier today that I'm pretty sure it's the longest suspension bridge in the Western uh, Hemisphere now. So there is another big one out there, but, uh, you know, just some, some fun Michigan trivia for you. Well, cool, yeah. Um, I don't think this song has anything to do with Michigan whatsoever, but it is talking about once again the uh, Elvis Presley. Well, so he it's got about two a... years in a row. Yeah, well, you know, it's a suspension bridge, and they are known to shake at some point. So all shook up. I guess I can make the connection there somehow. It's loose, but it's there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's go ahead and. Um, dive right in um so all shook up elvis presley it was the number one song according to billboards of 1957 mm -hmm. and uh, um so what, what are your what's some uh, your general thoughts on this um song jp well uh i like it a lot more than heartbreak hotel uh <laughs> it uh it's just it's quintessentially elvis uh you know all shook up is it's got his standard vibrato his deep singing voice and a very predictable musical background. Um, it's very simple in terms of music. It sticks to progression, one progression, one melody, one driving sound. Uh, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Uh, but I say that because it doesn't tend to overstay its welcome. Uh, last week's track, Heartbreak Hotel, was two minutes and 11 seconds. This is actually shorter at only one minute and 56 seconds. So while it is repetitive it's not long and overly drawn out so i really really liked uh the musicality of this song okay i gotcha um my first thought when hearing this song is um las vegas it's just mm -hmm. what popped into my head um i i especially get like some some latter day frank sinatra vibes where uh, he became like mainly a vegas act mm -hmm. this song made me think of that uh, my second thought is like walking into A&W Root Beer and hearing this song playing or a mm -hmm. song like it, the quintessential oldie station. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's just a straightforward silly love song, which I guess that fit right into, you know, the kind of the pop of the time. Mm -hmm. And um, so to me, the the issue I run into with it is I actually like the previous song, Heartbreak Hotel, better. Because yeah. this one, I feel like, um, to me particularly, sounds dated, not even six years later. Um, mm -hmm. It sounds like a very much a product of its time. Right. But 
not necessarily um, it's not necessarily dated in an unbearable way per se, but just mm-hmm. more like you know where this sits. And that's not necessarily a bad thing if you get nostalgic for that particular time in history. Sure. Sure. And and, and I definitely understand that. Uh, you know, I did. I, I will say that I noticed a couple things about the lyrics. Um, and they're, I, I think, right kind of going along with what you're saying, they're kind of all over the place. Um, it, like the, the previous song, Heartbreak Hotel, had a much more consistent uh, storyline. You know, there was uh, very it was very straightforward. Whereas uh, All Shook Up is kind of just bouncing everywhere you can see it. Um, but I think anyone who's experienced love at some point in their life can kind of relate to this song. Because uh, that's kind of the point. People want to sing uh, a song that they can relate to. And uh, if you really think about it, uh, there's second, uh, secondly, rather, there's no actual chorus. Now, there's the refrain of, you know, I'm all shook up. Uh, and then he does the humming thing that he does. <laughs> but there's no actual chorus in the traditional sense. And I feel like that's quite interesting if you really look into the song structure. Uh, it's actually, it feels like it's structured in a way less like a, no, a traditional song and more like a piece of music. Like you would hear it like a symphony, something that has a refrain that keeps coming back, but it's not a long drawn out section known as chorus. You know what I'm saying here? I didn't notice that until you said it. Um, But the fact that it was uh, maybe a bit more, um, I don't know. um, The guy who originally wrote it was Otis Blackwell. Mm -hmm. So he was just a a local songwriter who uh, wrote this song. And, um, you know, someone else picked it up before Elvis got a hold of it. Um, in, in fact, in order to get Elvis to do it, he actually gave him a songwriting credit for it. So Elvis's name is on the songwriting credit, mm-hmm. um, which is very similar to the song from last week, too, interestingly. Right, uh, right. There's conflicting stories about the how it was written, but the one that rings most true to me is that Otis wrote it based on the suggestion of a friend who like had a Pepsi bottle that was all shook up and you're ready to blow up. Right. And then he's like, okay. And uh, just decided to write it, and Elvis was like, hey, hey this could potentially be a hit for me. And right. kind of ran with it. And the rest is history, right? <laughs> yeah. Though the lyrics, uh, specifically about the fuzzy tree, were apparently a real thing. So when webworms would infest these trees, usually around August, their silk would get all over it. Mm-hmm. And then if you touch that silk, generally you break out in a horrible rash that would make you itch horribly interesting so that that verse was some truth in television go figure fantastic that's what i like to hear (laughs) um well so you said you said that the song really feels like it's a product of its time right um yeah like just it feels less like someone's artistic vision Mm -hmm. and more like a commercial for I don't know, a commercial for a, a casino. Um, and I know that's cynical, and it could be argued that's what a lot of pop music is. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But it just doesn't feel like it um, It has like a whole lot of substance behind it, so much as just a throwaway. Uh, I wrote this song in three minutes. It only takes a minute and a half to record. Right. Here you have it on the radio. 
Okay, that's fair. Um, I would I would argue that this track kind of stands the test of time uh, because it's still seen as an amazing song. I mean, if it, it's one of Elvis's biggest hits, as we can tell. And uh, I might be getting ahead of myself here, but I'm pretty sure uh, Elvis doesn't actually appear on the list again um, on our on our list all through. So Elvis, as popular as he was, king of rock and roll, right? Uh, was only on the Billboard year-end charts uh, two years in a row, and that was it. Yeah, and um, I think that's just more a product of how the charts, um, how they did their year and thing. I mean, obviously, he still went to number one multiple times Mm -hmm. throughout history. And, um, like, even up until, I I think the last time he hit high on the charts as far as just charting was late 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. When he uh, he started releasing like his live albums, right, right. But as for being a uh, kind of teen idol pop culture phenomenon, mm-hmm. I feel like you're right. This is the last time in history where he was. Um, well, here's what I'll say: This is the last time he was relevant. And what I mean by that is, this is the last time he was sort of innovating the pop charts after this Mm. he went into his he went to the military which some people argue that's the only reason the beatles caught on is because he was in the military at the time right right and then after that he went ahead and did his movie career thing which was hit and miss people had different feelings on it exactly and then it wasn't until the late 60s early 70s he really went into like the velvet elvis phase that we think of with the full jumpsuit Right, and, and he's more hair. he's more of a showman, showman than a singer at that point. Yeah, and it it was less more less artistry and more I just need to make money. Sure. Um, so I feel like yeah, this is kind of the last point in history where he really uh, he contributed to mm-hmm. the pop culture mythos more than just being there. Sure, and I get that. Uh, but I will say, you know, I feel like this track does stand the test of time. It's one of those quintessential Elvis songs where you think of Elvis, you think of, you know, Hound Dog, All Shook Up, and I mean, a lot of people probably think of Heartbreak Hotel. So, uh, and I will just say that his music does seem to hold up remarkably well. Uh, and while this isn't a perfect track, I would still think it's a it's a very very good one. So. As for my final scoring on it, I put lyrics, I give it a two. As for as far as silly love songs go, I've heard worse. I mean, it's just kind of a fun, silly love song, right? And mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with those. And mm-hmm. then the music is where I run into the biggest issues. Like you said, it's super simplistic, not particularly innovative. Mm-hmm. Sadly, the music just sounds generic to me. Um, sure. It doesn't do much to stick in my head. Mm-hmm. And if I just heard the instrumental track playing without Elvis's voice, I would have no idea who the song was by. Oh, okay, and I see that. Um, and then overall, I give it to you. So it's an oldie, but not quite a moldy. Um, it's like timeless in its ability to invoke a specific time and place, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah. Um, so overall, a five out of nine. It's just a... It's it's okay. It's it's a pretty good okay song. Okay, okay. Uh, I voted it a little bit higher, uh, primarily in the uh, well. First of all, the music category. I really agree with you there, but I gave it a two in music just because it. 
like I said in like I said earlier, it is repetitive, but it's not necessarily a bad thing because the song is short overall. So if it was any longer, I think I would argue that it was too repetitive and it needs to uh, stop at about this, you know, the 150 mark. But that's exactly what it does. Um, lyrics, I gave, I still marked as a three just because, like I said, it's relatable. Um, it's something that, you know, it, it's a sappy love song. You're absolutely right, but I'm a sucker for sappy love songs. So I love it <laughs> and, uh, holds up. I could still, as soon as I listen to the song, you know, I'm transported to Graceland. Uh, I would still go there today. It would be a lot of fun. Uh, I would really enjoy it. So overall, I would give that a three as well. So I got eight total overall. Wow. Okay. Um, that is a that's pretty high, man. <laughs> well, uh, I think that may be the highest into... one you've done. I no, I think you did the Twelfth Street Rag a little bit higher. But oh, Twelfth Street Rag was so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, well, we'll see. We get into some of these newer songs. My scores are going to drop a little bit. <laughs> Well, I think um, what happens from this point forward, and it's kind of interesting, is that the next two songs, at least, are um, the end of... Well, actually, it's like the next three songs. The next three-ish songs are the end of the 50s. Mm -hmm. um, and what I mean by that is a very distinct style of music before we move into uh, the rock and pop that we know more today. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. All right. Well, seems good. Seems good. Uh, well, let's. Uh, we can wrap this one up and and see see each other and talk talk about next year's music next week. Talk to you then.